listening to the coffee hour i'm sarah golseth thanks to concordia university wisconsin for your support of the coffee hour you can find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu we have a great story today how to support our church workers joining me today is the reverend ken krieger president and chair of ministry focus thanks so much for joining me today well good morning sarah it's good to be here thank you so first let's talk about the cost of education, the investment that our rostered church workers put in in order to have the vocation of church worker. Describe that investment and cost of what education actually looks like for a church worker. Well, thanks, Sarah. You know, we all are blessed with the opportunity to serve God, but those people who really want to become on the roster and serve God as a teacher, pastor, DCE, missionary, they have a little bit more ahead of them in terms of getting on the roster. So when I think about the cost for these rostered church workers, I think there are three components. The first is the time investment. You know, people are actually saying, I'm going to spend time, whatever that period of time is, to invest myself to learn how best to serve God in this particular role. And then you have two other costs. The one is the actual cost that we can talk about in terms of tuition or your living expenses. And the third component really is the opportunity cost. What are you giving up in order to perform or pursue this path in terms of serving God? In terms of the actual cost, there's actually been a lot of progress made over the past number of years, I think Mm -hmm. both on the university level and on the seminary level. Uh, One example, for example, is Concordia St. Paul, where they really made it easier from a financial perspective in order to pursue a path of working in the church. And both seminaries have also enacted programs over the past number of years where they've really reduced the tuition that they charge seminarians in order to become a pastor or deaconess and so forth. So that obviously is great for current and future generations of church workers, but we also have a number of church workers who have been trained previously who did not have all those benefits and are out there serving. And again, they don't work necessarily in a marketplace. They are called to certain positions, but they assumed educational debt in order to go serve the Lord in this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that debt can be a distraction, uh, it's great that our church workers now have a lot more of the the things that you've mentioned, the the tuition help and all of that stuff. It's a, a wonderful way to kind of reduce that roadblock for a lot of our new church workers. How does that debt become a distraction for church workers that, that are dealing with that now? Yeah, you know, for years we've had anecdotal evidence about the mm-hmm. impact of educational debt on the performance of church workers and their roles. But a number of years ago, the Lilly Endowment out of Indianapolis, Indiana, mm-hmm. actually did some research to it. And they found that some of the impacts of that educational debt include abuse. Mm. You know, you get your pastor or teacher and they feel the weight of that debt and they get into chemical abuse situations or even physical abuse situations. There also is often a sense of a lack or a sense of failure that Mm. somehow they are failing themselves, their families and God. And this sense of failure leads to a lack of leadership, especially, as you might guess, a lack of leadership in stewardship issues. And I don't know any ministry that doesn't need leadership and stewardship. Mm-hmm. And then finally, one of the other impacts that the Lillian Dahlman discovered, and this should be no surprise, that people actually contemplate leaving the ministry and say, you know, I wanted to do this. I tried to do this. I can't do this anymore. It's impacting me negatively. It's also impacting my 
family negatively. Mm -hmm. And I really think about the impact upon the next generation, their children, and how they view the church and ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So you're president of Ministry Focus. How does Ministry Focus help? Well, yeah, Ministry Focus is a nonprofit, grassroots, recognized service organization of the LCMS that I started with help from my friends and classmates at Concordia Seminary back in 2012 is when we started this. And we looked at what could be done. And, you know, there are many solutions for (laughs) impacting debt of our church workers. But I just said, why not do what is already being done and replicate that in the church? Mm -hmm. So the federal government, for example, understands that there is a need for medical doctors in rural areas, but medical doctors assume a lot of educational debt. Mm -hmm. And so they created a program called a loan repayment assistance program saying to these doctors, hey, listen, if you go to this rural area and serve, we'll help you with your debt payments. And over time, law school said, you know, this is a good idea for us as well, because one, we want to attract a diversity of students into our body. And two, we want our alumni to not just go to law firms, but also work for government or public service organizations. So they started these loan repayment assistance programs. Mm -hmm. And so that was the whole idea. Why not do that for our church workers? Scholarships are great, and I encourage scholarships for both the university and the seminary level. But what we're able to do is look at the back end when we actually know the variables of our teachers or our pastors and DCs and say, what are you earning? What is the debt you've accumulated in order to serve in that role? (laughs) What are the opportunities for your spouse to perhaps earn something? And what's your debt? Mm -hmm. And so we started this loan repayment assistance program. What's been amazing is that over the past number of years since we started giving grants away in 2015, we've been able to award 258 grants totaling $645,000 to workers of the LCMS. That's amazing. Well, we praise God. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? What is that impact on a church worker when they're able to not have to worry about this anymore? Well, I don't know that they completely don't have to worry about it. I should explain the grants. Yes. If you do the math, each grant is about $2,500 or $625 a quarter. So this does not get rid of all the debt. What it allows is for these workers to use those funds to help pay off, make their monthly payments Mm. and gradually reduce their debt. And so I think... You know, that may not sound like a lot to you, but the thank you notes we get from people indicate otherwise. They are so grateful for this opportunity. And what we're really trying to do, as the name of Ministry Focus might suggest, is to take the thoughts and the focus away from the financial issues Mm -hmm. and really help them focus on ministry. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, our goal here is to help them focus on ministry so that the faith of believers is strengthened and more people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Yeah, yeah. And I I know from personal experience. We're not rostered. My husband and I aren't, aren't rostered, but we do have student loan debt that we're paying off. And just and, and you're right, just that small amount of money that helps pay those monthly payments, especially since that's coming back for a lot of people now, that does take a lot of pressure off to be able to focus on on what you're, the work you're trying to do, especially in the church, serving God's people. So that's that is really wonderful. And you're right. Let's talk about the process. How does this actually work for a church worker family? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting process. Every November, <laughs> we put the applications up on our website, ministryfocus.org. And thankfully, over the past couple of years, we've gone from paper applications to an online application. <laughs> has made my life much better. Oh, yes. But the, the applicants fill out these applications. And, you know, again, we put them up on the website sometime in November, and they're due by December 31st. The applications have really two parts. We, we ask for a lot of quantitative information. We want to understand exactly... 
what's your educational debt? What are your other debts? Credit cards, auto, home. What are your assets? What's your income? We ask for a lot of quantitative information. And the reason we ask that is because our goal here is not to reward bad financial choices. Mm. You know, if you just bought a new F-150 or if you accumulate a lot of credit card debt, there may be other issues at play. And we're not here to reward those type of choices. Mm. What we want to really do is address the structural debt that these people undertook in order to serve. But we also give them uh, a qualitative opportunity to explain what's going on. And, for example, the credit card debt is a great example. Sometimes credit cards are the only assets are the only way to get cash for people, and they have to use it. So the qualitative section really allows the applicants to explain to us what's been going on in their lives and why are they applying for a grant at this point in time. Mm -hmm. What we do from there is I assemble a panel, a cross-section of the body, so individuals who are commissioned, ordained, lay, male, female, from large congregations, small congregations, urban, rural, you get the idea. Mm -hmm. And we pray for the presence of God. And we go through a process where we say, these are the amount of funds we have available this year. Let's go through the applications and start figuring out who that we want to give money to. And we really do ask and pray for the presence of God. And he does bless us. These are not fun days. Mm -hmm. I have cried more than once. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. I almost cried now thinking about it. Yeah. But we go through the process and it's a, it's amazing how it works out or seems to have worked out every single year that we've done this. Yeah. That's really amazing that you're able to do that. And I know it's, it's an emotional thing to probably read those people's stories and, and to understand uh, the situations that some people are in and, and the need that really is present for a lot of church workers and, and the, to be able to have that ability to bless them with this money is is really amazing for you to be able to do that. It is, but and we try to really emphasize this is not money we're giving you. I mean, it is a relief for your debt, but we're really giving you a gift that we hope helps you focus on ministry. Yes, that's really the goal here. Absolutely, yeah. Who supports Ministry Focus? Where does how do, how does that work? Where does this where do the grant funds come from? You know, Ministry Focus has grown due to the grace of God and the generosity of His people. Our first gift was really a grant from the Lutheran Legacy Foundation out of. Paris, Illinois. Mm -hmm. They heard about us and they gave us some funds. The LCMS Foundation also supported us. But over time, we've just been blessed with people finding out about it. Again, we're all volunteer. Mm -hmm. I have a regular job, full-time <laughs> job that doesn't allow me to go out and fundraise, so right, to speak. Right. And what's also happened is that some of the gift planning counselors from the LCMS LCMS Foundation have talked to people, or even one of our board members who is a state planning attorney has talked to people, and we've received some legacy gifts that have come in and wow. really benefited a number of workers and their families. So again, it's the grace of God and the generosity of his people. Absolutely. Yes. Who is eligible to receive these grants? Who can apply? Any individual who's on the roster of the LCMS is eligible to apply. So again, uh, you think this is uh, about pastors, and it is, but it's also about teachers, missionaries, directors of worship, anyone who's on the roster of the LCMS. Okay. And you said the, the application goes up in November. So what does that look like for this year? What date are you asking? <laughs> the applicant, again, it's going to be online, so it's relatively easy for the applicant. You just have to have your information ready, you know. And again, you can pause or come back to it, save and come back to it. But you need to really make sure you share with us what your income level is, what your debt level, what your monthly payments are. You know, what interest rates are you paying on these debts? Okay. All right. And that website again that where people can find? Ministryfocus.org. Perfect. And we'll share that link in the show notes as well so people can find it nice and easily. Uh, thank you so much, Reverend Ken Kruger, Krieger, 
president and chair of Ministry Focus. Thanks for joining me in the studio today. Thanks, Sarah. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon.